0: You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. You know how we do. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 39. Amy Kim of Ariel Amy. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. This week on the podcast, we have pole dancer, teacher, and blogger, Amy Kim. On this episode, we talk about how the online pole community has evolved since Amy started poleing in 2007 and what inspired her to start one of the world's first pole dance blogs, Ariel Amy. We also talk about how she learned to balance her career with her pole dance passion, And we get real about the realities of pursuing pole professionally and how it can be fulfilling to just keep pole as a hobby. And don't forget to check out Amy's post-podcast interview on the blog at poleparlor.com where she shares her favorite photos, music, video, and more. And this is the last podcast of 2016. Make sure you follow at Pole Parlor on social media and sign up for the newsletter at poleparlor.com so you can stay posted on all the new fun stuff coming in 2017. And now, here is Amy. (laughs) Amy Kim to the pole parlor podcast how are you today good thank you for having me oh so excited to have you here today let's jump on in for how long have you been pulling and how did you first discover pole dance
1: um oh um I started somewhere around 2007 Um, I discovered it because a friend of mine at the time and she actually wasn't a super close friend she was just somebody through I knew online there used to be an online journaling community called Zanga.com, and she was somebody that I followed Um, she had just recently had a baby and she wrote this entire blog where she was talking about how um, she found this pole dancing class and it sort of reawakened the woman in her and she um had just had the best experience ever while she was in this class it was like the only thing that she did just for herself and she was re- rediscovering and redefining her sexuality as a new mother so she wrote this entire blog post and i was like oh my gosh i have to go check this out it was in new york so i went and i took an intro class it was at uh, s factor new york this was back when there were weren't any other pole dancing studios that I was aware of in New York and I took my first class and I was just super hooked from the first second that I took a class it was like instant love yeah
0: wow Wow. and so she you, you do you keep in touch with her anymore do you know if she yeah totally uh, okay yeah, she's still
1: she's, it she's not still going she's had another child and she's sort of out in Long Island which is uh, an hour and a half or two hours away she's you know life changes, but um, she does keep up with me. And every once in a while, I get a really sweet message from her just saying like, Hey, you know, this blog or this Instagram post or this Facebook thing. And I can't believe you're still doing it. It's so amazing. (laughs) And and I totally credit her. Like every time I talk to people about it, I'm like, yeah, Jen totally was the one who hooked me up with us factor and with Poll." And yeah, I, I have so much that I owe her for that. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, and a reason um, why a lot of people know you is because of your blog, Ariel Amy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> when did you start your blog?
1: Um, I would okay. So I'd have to check the internet, like my archives. I think I started in two thousand and nine. Okay. Um, and this was like, this was like you know people that are sort of old school talk about back in the day when there was just YouTube and. Um, there, there wasn't very much online community anywhere. Facebook wasn't really a thing. And, um, I started this blog because I just, I could feel that there was a growth in the community and I could feel that there was sort of this critical mass that we were reaching. And I've always been, um, I've always been like a super researcher, like an early adopter of everything. I, I. I'm analyzing, you know, before I book a trip or before I buy anything, I'm always like checking online reviews and I'm looking up all of the different things about, you know, options, A, B, and C. And so, um, I was the same way with pole and I was always looking up like, Oh, I need new booty shorts. Oh, I need like, what can I, can I use lotion when I'm pole dancing? Oh, like what are, what are the fundamental things that I need to know before I do, this whole move. So I've always just been sort of that person. And, um, and, and I would go to the studio and I would always have stuff with me that people were always asking me, where'd you get that? How'd you know about that? How'd you find that? And I was like, okay, let me just start putting this all on the internet somewhere. And then every time I get this question, I can just respond to it. So it started as like really, really early on. It was, it was just intended to be, um, a, a sharing resource. You know, it was like, Hey, I know these things, I, I seem to know more about them than a lot of other people. So let me just put it online and see if it helps anybody.
0: Yeah. Were there other blogs at the time or not
1: really, or a few or, um, really not that I was aware of at all. So I think like every time somebody searched pole dancing and blog, like I was the only one that came up for like a year or something, maybe two years. And, um, and, and I think, I think that, you know, like I was saying, there was a critical mass. There was sort of just this like growth in the community that was happening. So, um, I started the blog I think the same year that um, a, a couple of studios in New York, or within two years of a couple of studios in New York opening, and um, you know, Beastbone was opening, and all these other studios were coming into being, and people were shifting from being YouTube only into trying to you know leverage their their online presence and. Um, communities were building. We were all on Studio Vina at the time. So it was just this, like, this influx of all of this um, communication and sharing of knowledge and information that was all happening. So, um, yeah. Uh,
0: that's smart. Because I know how I discovered you was when I first started pole dancing. And this wasn't <sighs> until 2013, but I Googled, like, pole dance blog and you're the first one that comes up. So I mean, yeah, it still is top rated. And also Studio Vina comes up all the time. Can you
1: explain to us what that is? Oh man, Studio Vina was like pole Facebook. (laughs) It was was literally, so um, Vina was this woman who um, her and her husband started this website. It was studiovina.com and it was called Studio Vena because she offered online lessons. And so that's where the studio part of the name came from. But she also had this online community that she had attached to her website um, that was ostensibly for people who were actually taking the classes to like, you know, ask her questions, to give her feedback, um, you know, to share and be part of, again, an online community. And it was actually like the only Place that that pole dancers were connecting online for a period of time that I was aware of. There was also um, pole junkies, and there were other communities in different countries. But this was the only one that us Americans had. So I think a lot of the people that have been pole dancing for uh, the last eight years or so, like that, was where we all first initially met online. And I'm in contact with a lot of people still who are, you know, the people that were part of that community that are still part of are still doing great things and and still still really enmeshed and and working hard to make waves and do good things so it's it's been nice to have that sort of like incubator that we were all you know talking and and back in those days um pole was a lot less um polished you know people were really we were all learning at the same time we were all learning the same things at the same time and this is back in the day when like nobody could shoulder mount that was the biggest trick if you could shoulder mount or do an extended butterfly you were like big dog <laughs> <laughs> so so we were all trying to learn the same shit at the same time and we were all like we were all sort of in that same same learning phase and um, there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of marketing there wasn't like PR, there wasn't self promotion, and so it was. We were all coming from a really, I think, honest and open place, um, and uh, and the community was so small that it was like you would log in, and it was like you know, fifteen, thirty, a hundred of your friends that you talked to every day about the same obsession that you all had. So it was a really, really, it was a really fun time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I still will like. If I'm looking up something, um, I guess being curious like you do and just Googling around yeah. for answers about things, Studio Vina uh, comment threads come up all the time. I don't even know if it's still active, to be honest with you. I wasn't planning on asking you that question
1: until, until you brought
0: it up. I was like, oh, yes. What is that, by the way? <laughs> yeah, no, totally.
1: Ask me anything because yeah. apparently I've been around. For
0: a I, while. Well, I know, and I think you've also been like a very conscious participant you know so you know because of your blog you have been very like active at um knowing what's going on and recording it and um maybe you have more of like that that knowledge base than people that were just participating and not actually blogging about it the whole time so (laughs) it kind of forces you right what else do you write about on the blog if people are thinking about checking it out what kind of topics can they expect to find
1: Um, there's sort of, it's a huge gigantic brain dump. I think that a lot of it, um, when I go through my archives, I see an evolution happening in the blog concurrently with what I saw happening in the community. So, um, the initial like three, four years of it probably are just me posting and sharing knowledge, just straight sharing knowledge about, um, you know, what, what are the different poles that are available? What are, What's the difference with the diameter? What 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 kind of pole shorts are there to buy? I had one one series that was like, what's in my pole bag? And it was literally just, you know, the crap that I lug around every day and all the stuff that I've curated to actually have with me 24-7 when I'm pulling. Um, but
0: your questions people still have today, by the way. So oh, that's yeah. That's like totally. evergreen content right there. Cause totally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> evergreen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I use a nerd word. <laughs> yeah, no, that was it was perfect. It totally <laughs> made sense. Um, yeah, so there's there's some content like that and then it sort of shifted um as I got a little bit more of a foothold in being an instructor and and that mentality shift and that sort of just change and um how that shifted my perspective on pole in general. You know, I was thinking a lot about uh, the differences being an instructor and a student, and you know how to have good energy in the studio and how to bring your best learning self all the time. And I also went through—I um, went through a, a master's in motor learning, which I stopped because of work. But um, I, I started taking this coursework because I was a pole instructor, and I found it really interesting to to think about the psychology of learning movement. So I signed up, I was in a master's program at Columbia for a year and a half and it was super nerd tastic. It was just like, it was kinesiology. It was neuroscience. It was plasticity. It was like the mechanics of movement and, and how you cue, how you verbally cue, how you reiterate with, with, um, getting people to repeat just in different ways to cement knowledge. So, um, there was a whole phase of that where I was just super nerding out all the time about Gosh. about learning and teaching. And then, and then I think more recently there's been, um, it's been tough, you know, I'll be honest. I've, I've had a lot of dormancy on the blog over the last couple of years. And I think part of that is because the blog was initially, it was, it was for me to sort of speak to people, to, to, to share and to communicate knowledge. And then, after a point, I just have started feeling like there's so much static. Like there's just so many people saying so many different things, and and adding one more voice didn't seem to me like like really what maybe the best use of time or the best use of energy. So um, I shifted to to organizing a poll retreat, which we can talk about pole and bound. And um, a lot of what I'd written about on the blog in the past few years has really been like how you, how you keep positivity through what we see now, right? Like there's so much social media and it it can be kind of overwhelming and there's so much competition and that can be kind of overwhelming. So it's, how do you keep a really positive headspace and how do you navigate, um, the whole community and the whole world and make sure that you come out hopefully happier and healthier on the other side. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That makes sense because that's the journey you're going through from, you started off like how do I do this? (laughs) And you got into, okay, how do I teach other people to do this? And then it's like, all right, now we're all in this. Like, how do we deal with this? So
1: yeah, totally.
0: Do you concentrate efforts on social media or YouTube or anything like that? Do you, have you found that like, it's kind of shifted maybe? Yeah.
1: I mean, I feel like, um, I feel like I've been spending more time learning, and less time speaking. Cool. So I've been doing a lot of just... And, and life has shifted a lot, you know, and, you know, the community has shifted a lot. A lot of things have changed. And so I've been doing a lot of just looking at Instagram and seeing what everyone's up to. And it's just super cool to see evolution happening, like, on a daily basis. There's so many things that are happening that you can see, like, visible trends that you can see changing from month to month, which is wild, Um, And on Facebook, it's been, you know, as Facebook has changed too, like everything that changed with the feed and with all the algorithms and with what you're seeing in your feed and um, with all of the political everything that's been happening over the last year. <laughs> it has <laughs> leaked into like, the poll world too. Yeah. 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 There's <laughs> been but a lot not. of change, right? I mean, and that's healthy, you know, it's poll is one part of who we all are. It's not everything for everyone. And so I appreciate that there are people that are vocal. And, um, so it's, I, I think, I think the last couple of years has really, for me, been, again, just, like, learning, absorbing, and going back into a little bit of student mode. I still teach one class a week, but I don't tour anymore. I take I, I took a big break from that, and uh, I, I'm just sort of, like, absorbing. I'm just sponging for a little while.
0: That makes sense. I mean, we evolve as people, and we need to allow ourselves the time to catch up with that. So, yeah. And to kind of like, yeah, like you said, incubate. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Um, when did you start teaching?
1: I started teaching probably seven years ago, wow. six or seven years ago.
0: Yeah. So like a couple um, of years after you started.
1: Two yeah. Years yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... And at that time, there weren't very many people teaching, and like I say, there like advanced tricks were, at the time, crazy for us. But it was like like literally the day that I got a shoulder mount, I like freaked out. That was like the biggest deal. That was my nemesis trick for forever. I know. And now people are like, oh my god, I learned my shoulder mount in like my fourth month, and like I couldn't even just whatever. <laughs> yeah, <No. laughs> you know what I mean. Just. It's a different world. But um, yeah, I started teaching. And then a few years after I started teaching, um, I was teaching a lot. I was teaching probably like seven or eight classes a week. um, And I just couldn't get enough. And I loved it. And I thought it was so much fun. And I was learning so much about being a teacher. And it was just such a positive and incredibly rewarding experience for me. At the same time, the blog was gaining in viewership a lot. Um, and it was just a really natural time to start touring. And so this was before people were really doing that much touring. Um, there weren't that many people that were traveling and teaching workshops. So um, I was I was traveling and teaching workshops to people just based on what they had learned about me from my blog, which was crazy. I've never, I've never, I've done one competition and that was like the third year that I pole danced. I really? haven't, yeah. Yeah, I haven't I haven't done any competitions in the last I don't know seven years. I did one, and it was ask and It doesn't even count because the winner is based on like audience participation. So it's not a competition in the sense that most people would think of a competition.
0: Like someone sitting there and giving you scores. It's like a fun yeah,
1: yeah, okay. yeah, totally. I was a sexy housefly. Like that. that <laughs> point, I love it. I like did twerking in my routine. You know, <laughs> like it wasn't it wasn't serious. Um, So yeah, so I haven't done any competitions or anything. And it was just people were like, hey, I really like your vibe. I like the way you break stuff down on your blog. It makes a lot of sense. Like, can you come out and teach? So I did that. I loved it. And I had zero life balance because I was working nine to five. And then just about every weekend, I was going and teaching in a different studio, right? So I would like leave on Friday at 7 p.m. And I would fly somewhere and teach workshops probably five or six workshops over the course of a day and a half and then I would head back on Sunday afternoon. So it was, it was bananas. It was, it was super fun and I loved it and it was such a good time. Um, but I did that for a little while and then it's not really like,
0: sustainable.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, and it, um, it's not sustainable and, and you kind of have to wonder why you are working that hard right like Mm -hmm. and some people just love to push themselves that hard but my body was just like over it my boyfriend was over it I never saw my dog like Mm -hmm. it was just it was not it wasn't it wasn't it was too much so um so I stopped teaching uh workshops I got another job and so also like when you chart what's happened in my pole life it always mirrors what's happening with my career right so like at just about this time, I got a job working at a startup that was crazy, crazy hours and super fun and amazing, but I had not a second of spare time. So that was when I stopped teaching, I stopped touring, and I was maybe taking one class a week if I was lucky, maybe two classes a week as a student. Um, And then only just recently, I left that job about a year and a half ago, I left that job and I started teaching at a new studio in Brooklyn called Incredible, which is amazing. Um, The two owners there started the studio because they were part of a pole community in Brooklyn at another studio. The owner decided to close the studio down, and so there were all these students that were completely displaced, that all loved each other, that had been, you know, growing friendships and everything for the last two years. So the two owners of my studio actually found this space and started it, like, literally to give their community a place to be. They were the students. Yeah, they were students. Oh, my gosh. And they opened the studio, and so, like, the vibe is just love, and it's, like, the most inclusive and most amazing and super fun studio, and I love being part of it, Um, and that was sort of, like, it was just the right time. I was like, I kind of want to teach again, but I want it to be somewhere that's, like, really fun you know where people just love being in class and it's silly and it's not competitive and it's not it's not perfect and I I want for it to be a place that's just like how when I first started teaching and taking poll like it was it was relaxed and people did it because I loved it you know so that was it was like a an amazing timing moment where I, I was ready and I sort of put it out in the universe and then all of a sudden it was in my social <laughs> media feed like hey new studio on Brooklyn with 14-foot ceilings, hey, come on,
0: like, so, so, yeah, that all happened. That's cool. So, you have really been on both sides where you overdid it and then kind of came through and have seemed to have found the balance, and all of this time you were, you were in a career, you were full-time, so this all happened, balanced around. Wow. Do you have advice for um, all of us who actually have careers and <laughs> a majority of us who have careers or work and who yeah. still like, what, what, what advice can you give to us to not burn out, say, or be able to pursue things yeah. to,
1: you know, yeah, I mean,
0: abilities?
1: it's so hard, you know, it's so, so hard. And I see so many people that are, are putting in the hours and, you know, the struggle is so real. And it's, I feel like, especially with people, um, I'm turning 35 next year. I feel like people that are sort of 25 to like 40, we're all part of this generation where (laughs) we're, we're being told by everyone, like, do what you love, do what you're passionate about. But it's really hard to figure that out, you know, like you go through, you go through all of this schooling, and you're never being given tools to explore, like, what do you love to do? And how can you capitalize on that? Like, I studied marketing when I was in college, what the hell, like, I didn't, nobody ever told me, like, hey, when you graduate college, you're gonna, you're gonna have this, like, really low tier entry level marketing (laughs) job, and it's gonna be the worst grunt work ever. And it's going to be nothing like what you studied in college and you're going to hate it. Nobody ever gave me that career counseling, (laughs) you know? So it's tough. It's like, I think there's a real big disconnect, especially in the States between like what you're being told to pursue when you grow up and the support you're being given education and um, counseling to figure that all out. And I think it's also hard because we're sort of in this time where um, I think there's a little bit of villainy around like having a full-time job. I think it's like the glamour is in being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur and doing yeah. your own thing and you know the last company that I worked for, all we did was create co-working spaces for entrepreneurs. Like I've seen like like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of square feet of of office space filled with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs and you know, a lot of them worked their asses off, like to the bone. It's not easy being an entrepreneur. And I feel like there's this perception that passion and money, that there's a trade-off there Mm -hmm. and that, and that that's okay. And that that's acceptable. And that's what we should be prepared for. And I think, you know, when I was really looking at pole as a full-time career, it just didn't make sense for me. Like, and I had a moment where I could have done it. I was in grad school, this is when I was in Columbia and I was getting my, um, my degree in motor learning and it would have been a perfect time to sort of leverage that into something in movement and to just leave corporate life entirely. I was booked every weekend for teaching workshops and I kind of sat down and I was like, you know, this is amazing and I'm so blessed to have this opportunity, but there's a lot, there's, there are other sides of me that aren't fully fulfilled by teaching and aren't fully fulfilled by the pole community. One of them is like, I am a super type A organized, like, and, and I, I feel like if I don't have an outlet for that part of me, then I, <laughs> like pole people are not prepared to deal with type A Amy, you know what I mean? Like I need, I need some serious stuff to plan and to manage or, or that kind of goes haywire. So um, when I was really looking at like, okay, what what am I really fulfilled by? What do I really love? It was like, I really love being part of this community. I really love learning. I really love laughing with other people. Do I need for that to be my job? And do I need to find a way to make money from that? Like, no, not really. So I decided to kind of go the opposite way and say, you know what? I'm going to bust ass in my career and I'm going to do great so that, one day, hopefully earlier than most, I have flexible hours. I have a ton of income that's disposable. I can travel wherever I want. you know I've got weekends free I've got evenings free. I can take as many classes as I want. I can take privates, I can travel and like take workshops. I can do whatever and this this career is gonna enable me while at the same time allow me to have this you know type a amy side so I, it's tough, you know. I I really appreciate people that are doing the hustle. I just think for everyone, it's so individual. You have to really think about why you're working so hard, you know. I I I don't think that the goal in life is to do what you love for 120 hours a week. Yeah. I, I don't, you know. And I and I think I might be unpopular in saying that, but. I I feel like the sooner that you can find something that pays you so that you can really enjoy the rest of your life the better off you are. I mean, I think that's tough and pull.
0: I think that and this is one of the reasons one of the many reasons I wanted to have you on because I think we have gotten the perspective of I quit my job, I'm pursuing this, I'm hustling and that's fucking awesome. Yeah, and, totally. you know but it's not everyone's story and it doesn't have to yeah. be everyone's story and you can still pursue it even as you are above being a student but still as like a secondary pursuit not as you, yeah. you know you live in New York City I mean you want to yeah. like go out to eat you want to like yeah you know, that's
1: real yeah. <laughs> you can't live
0: in like have some cute you
1: outdoors. can't live in a major metro and like be a pole instructor full time and like really be fine. Like, and and there are people who do it and this is not by any means a judge. Like you no. live your life, yeah. you know what I mean? Live your life. But like, I live, I live in a really expensive city and well, like my rent is like most people's, like more than most people's mortgage. Uh, like it's, it's ridiculous here. And that's just the reality of living in New York. I have a really close friend who I adore who was in New York was like this is killing me. I don't know why I'm working so hard for this. Moved to Memphis, bought a place so that she could continue to pursue teaching movement, right? Cuz it's yeah. like if you can't change your income variable, you have to change your expense variable. And so that's what she did. She was like I'm going to do the math that doesn't this doesn't make any sense. I can teach people over Skype, like. And that's where I think it's really tough. Like people want to have it all you know? And, and I think that that's supernatural, but it's just, it's just really hard. And once you hit a certain point in your life, I can totally see if I was like 25, 27, 28, like, yeah, I'll sacrifice a ton of stuff to do this. But now I'm like, okay, I make enough money where if I want to go and take a pole vacation, I can do it and not worry about it, you know? And that's, that's something that I get to do. And it's, it's a great benefit and it's a perk, and. uh
0: Yeah. Everyone's life is different. And so, you know, don't look at other people's and think that's how you should be, you know, running yours. Some people should be Uh, pursuing as entrepreneurs, but some people should just really be comfortable it, or, or you shouldn't feel guilty just having polo as a hobby. You don't have to, yeah. you know what you said before, that people feel like they have to, oh, well, it's my passion, so I have to, like, be so yeah. passionate about it. Like, no, nah, you can <laughs> oh, just be no. passionate about it, like, and, like, work your job and, like, have your family yeah. and, like, have other hobbies, too. Like, it doesn't have to yeah. be, like, passion to the extreme. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you I, figured it yeah. out.
1: <laughs> and it's real, too, because... Um, And I'm sure you've had people on, I haven't listened to all of your podcasts, but I listened to a bunch of them. And I think, you know, people have to really figure out what their long-term strategy is, right? If you're like, yo, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, I'm going to go so hard for like the next five, six, seven years, and I'm going to compete my ass off and I'm going to do all the things and I'm going to have like a social media posting calendar and I'm going to stick to that shit. And every day I'm putting something on Instagram and I'm doing all of this stuff and this is going to be my hustle. Then awesome. But then what are you going to do? Right? Like, Because pole is so, it's so intense on your body and it's not good. It's just, it's not straight up. It's not good for anybody to be moving and to just be doing pole dance for like 20, 30 hours a week. Your body will fall apart no matter how much self-care you exercise. So- what are the talents that you're leveraging? Are you doing all of this touring and teaching to be able to create, I don't know, a certification program? Are you just trying to get to as far as you can and and then you're just going to tell your grandkids about it? Or... You know, like what's what's the goal? Because I think it's really easy to get sucked up and like, oh my gosh, I'm insta famous, I have so many followers, all these <laughs> brands are reaching out to me and they wanna like send me free clothes. It's like, okay, that's cool, but free clothes for poll companies does not pay the rent, you know? <laughs> so like how are you gonna make money? How are you gonna be happy doing this and being stable? Because that's that's a real desire and there's nothing wrong with wanting financial stability.
0: No, yeah, I agree with you, and I loved the the anecdote about your friend that moved to Memphis. I mean, there looks so um, P S O sent out there, and this is American centric or North American centric, but they sent out yeah. their map of where the studios are around the country, yeah. um, and I'm sure there's um, this. Internationally too, I'm just not aware of it to be able to say where you can find it. But it was funny because I was looking like at where all the pole studios are. And I'm like, there are like just states where there's no pole studios still yeah. like large, you know. So moving to Memphis, that was pretty smart of her to like, you know, yeah. being um, a big fish in a small pond. Um, and maybe, you know, understanding. I think another thing is I love how you said that you prefer to teach over performing and that you haven't even competed because I have noticed some of my favorite teachers who I think are the most effective teachers are not pole stars or Mm -hmm. and that's no shade on pole stars but it's saying uh, if you love teaching, like you don't you know, be you don't have to be like like you said, stressing yourself out to like do this, like making yourself huge on social media or something. Like if that's what feeds your soul
1: yeah. And, you
0: know, just yeah. focus on the teaching because you are like making such an impact doing that. And
1: maybe that's yeah. where you would be more happy. Yeah. And and I think that it's funny, too, because when you look at sort of what's happened with competitions, right, like I think I feel like like five years ago, everybody was competing. It was like you have to compete and you have to win something so that you can tour, that was like the big drive. It was like, everyone was trying to do that. And now there's so many competitions and it's so hard to get visibility from doing competitions Mm -hmm. that it's interesting that now it's shifted to like social media presence, right? Like if you build a large following, then that seems to be like the next new big step for people. Like if I have enough followers and if I have enough friends on Facebook and I get enough likes on stuff, then this is how I'm going to build and, and get traction in order to get booked for workshops. So it's it's just a really interesting thing to watch everybody evolve and change. And
0: Yeah, yeah. it's fascinating. I love, um, I want to talk about your workshop because I feel like that's something that I have loved that I'm seeing emerge because workshops were there, um, or vacations or the, you know, yeah, pool, yeah. Pool vacations and everything. I love that they're becoming more accessible to people of all levels too, because yeah. I have this thing where I don't take workshops from major people. Cause I don't want them to know that like I struggle doing kind of really basic tricks. Oh. <laughs> and so, but now they're like, you know, like Lux ATL has her, sh- you know, strip, stripped, uh, strip craft. Yeah. And uh-huh. so, and I noticed there's been these other emerging, um, yeah. like pole vacations or pole workshops that you can take. It's starting to cater to all different types of dancers, and not and and us dancers that are just doing this as like a passion hobby, not as a yeah trying to win competitions, which is cool. So tell us about yours.
1: Okay, so Pole Unbound um, is the name of the retreat, and there's. Um, we just had the fifth one in uh, Arizona at Prowess with uh, Lindsay's amazing studio. And um, so we do two a year. We do one in May and one in like October, or November. Um, so the whole retreat idea started um, because I was touring and it was like, I would go to these studios where like, there were just amazing pole dancers taking my workshops. <laughs> and <laughs> and I was, I was just legit stunned. Like I, I could take class with you. So like, this makes me feel awkward, right? Like I, I, I'm, I'm getting paid to teach you this one thing that I'm really good at, right. And that I've created a workshop around, but you are clearly phenomenal at this whole range of other things that I can't do. And so it became this idea that, um, everybody has something to contribute and everybody has something to teach and you may not realize it. And that's probably the most difficult part for people that are applying, but everybody has something that they're great at and they just may not realize what it is. Right. So there's that like soul searching piece. But so the, the way that we do it is, um, for the first one, it was, um, you just had to send in an application with two workshops that you could see yourself teaching And, uh, the only requirements were that you had to be able to do an elbow grip Aisha and that you could hold like a 10 second handstand, something like that, like super basic. And it was just to make sure that everybody was operating at a certain level of like body awareness and strength because having beginners through like expert level is really difficult. Um, and it, the first one was, it was me pulling from a lot of people that I knew from touring and, from all over the whole community who I knew were phenomenal people just super positive community minded like love to learn love to share love to laugh and like just enjoy positivity um, we did the first retreat at Rising Goddess and it was right on the, the suburbs of Chicago the two owners um, Michelle and Barb like sort of I posted this thing on Facebook, and I was like, hey, guys, I have this fantasy where a studio gives a studio time for free for an entire weekend, and, like, 15 instructors come together, and we all just teach each other all weekend. And there were so many – it was, like, 200 comments on this post, and a ton of them were studio owners that were like, oh, I'll totally volunteer in my studio. When is it? Like, <laughs> let us know. We'll do it. And, and Barb and Michelle, they really stood out because they were, like – they they reached out to me personally. They said – how into this idea that they were, how much it embodied everything their studio was about. And so we like, over a bunch of phone calls, we put the whole thing together. And it was, it was crazy. I had people that like, completely sight unseen, hadn't met me before half, half of the people who came to the first one hadn't even met me. Half of them were people that I knew. And um, we all just showed up in Chicago on the same weekend. And um and we taught each other workshops and it was super fun and it was super 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 cool and before we had even left we were all like oh my god let's plan another one so we did so we've been doing that and so every time we have a retreat um i try to do 50 to 60% people that have been to an unbound because there's like a cultural element right like people who understand what the vibe is and who understand the positivity and can bring the energy um and then the rest are all new applicants, and it's still the same. We still just ask people to send in two workshops that they want to teach, um, and can you do an elbow grip aisha? And then all of the all the people that have attended an unbound, um, we all vote blind, no names attached. Just what are the workshops that you want to take? Um, and then that's it. So we do like a Thursday through Monday. Um, we've had a few different cities. We did rally at a radio fitness with Dakota Fox for studio. We did, um, smoking bears fitness in orange County. Um, we did Canada at Monique studio. She pole dance, Um, and we're, we're finalizing our locations for next year. But I mean, really the whole, the whole point of it is I might be the facilitator. I might be organizing it, but I'm, I'm just a participant, right? Like I'm on the same level as everybody else who's there and there are people that have won, like, this and that and this and that, and there are people that have never left their their local pole community, who've never left their local city, who, like, are just awesome and great and giving and phenomenal teachers and super fun, um, but they're not, you know, pole celebrities, right? And, and everybody who comes together, we're all seeing each other as equals. We're all there to learn, and it's just been like literally the thing that keeps me going in pole because it's so hard to find people for whom community is like one of the driving forces of why they're still around and and having these people um, you know I might leave the weekend but I'm still like every time I see something on Instagram that's super bendy I'm like tagging my friend Mary who's been to Unbounds with me or every time I see some like crazy handstand thing you know I'm tagging Jewel or or Drew or whoever and it's like you don't, you don't lose touch, right? Like, everyone's busy. We all might not be on constant email threads, but it's like, you know, to know that there are people out there who are just as excited about learning and coming together is, it's just been awesome. Yeah. yeah
0: I feel like you, maybe unknowingly, maybe knowingly, but recreated those early days of the community threads yeah, right. and groups that you like so much that were small and intimate yeah. and really, yeah. like, fun and... As things grew, you created
1: it in person. Did you know you did that? Yeah. I didn't I didn't realize I did that. You're so smarty. Um But it's you know, it's like it's hard. Like you're you go on Instagram, it's like people have these like challenges and they have all this stuff and it's like, yeah, but it's so nice when like you've got your buds who are like you post something and they're like, Dude, that looks so much better than da 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 or like you know, when there are people that just have, like, have you in their mind and are just thinking about you and care about you. And that's sort of like, I think we got to, we got to come together in more personal ways and more long form ways in order to like really have those bonds. And, um, and it has to be around, you know, positive environments where, where that kind of stuff can happen. So, you know, especially with pole classes nowadays, I don't know how it is in LA, right? But like, I'm in in Austin
0: now. Oh, you're in Austin now. So different, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean it's it's like it's like night and day, right, compared to LA. Oh my,
0: I can't even. Yeah, it's so different. It's yeah. been a, a big adjustment, not in a bad way, and like not just in right. a different
1: way. You know, made me realize. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Sorry. Go on.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I mean, I think I think that there's just um, I I feel like there's been a lot of changes in New York. There are a couple of studios that just recently closed here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um,
0: same in LA just happened as well.
1: Uh, right and and it's like there's all the people who opened studios like three to five years ago and didn't know much about running studios and maybe we're doing it just for the love, like I'm seeing a lot of that sort of like shrinking back up and um, and I think it's it's just getting really tough out there, you know, to be a business person and to run a studio and to have all this stuff going on and so. There have been a lot of changes in the New York community, a lot of changes in the student base. Mm. There aren't as many consistent
0: students, it feels like. I was just going to ask, what's the difference? What have yeah. you noticed that it's just a novelty still, or
1: people you know, can't
0: invest in it
1: as... I don't know. I think it's tough, because I think every studio brings such a different flavor of mm. what they're offering, right? So, like... Um, incredible, like I've mentioned is a really lighthearted and I mean, it's serious in that the instruction is still great, yes. right. But it's Not like, negligent. right. <laughs> we waivers, I promise. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just, um, I think it's, it's tough to get people coming back all the time. And especially nowadays, there's so much boutique fitness and there's like class pass and fit reserve. And there's there's this idea that um, sort of all these niche classes are exchangeable and and swappable for one another. So I think it's hard when you when you need to spend so much time with students to get them over that like ten class hump, yeah. where they're actually like really beginners. It's really tough to get that that person coming back ten times when they've got you know that they're going a flywheel and they're going to, I don't know, rowing and they're, they're doing CrossFit and they're doing other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that there's this perception that, um, that pole is just one of, of many things that people are doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was doing it, it was like the only thing I did, like people weren't as fit 10 years ago. They just weren't like, well, maybe <laughs> Pilates it's... and CrossFit and all that didn't, didn't really exist in the same way. So, I don't
0: know. It's a different world, and it probably has something to do with what you said earlier about people being more entrepreneurial and doing what they love, and people love fitness, I guess. So a lot of people are opening fitness studios. It just makes it a highly competitive market. But there was something about when you started at S-Factor in New York that hooked you, you -hmm. know? So it's kind of like, well, what is it that hooked you that maybe a current studio is not hooking people? I mean, there's something in that too. I think yeah. you have a point about your passion being or your motivation being in, in more niche, smaller communities. So maybe it is something there where, you know, Yeah,
1: I mean, I think it's tough because you have to get people to commit to pull them in. Yes. Right. And when I first started S factor does an eight week series. Mm, yes. So you're signing up for the same time every week. And you're with the same, with the same girls every week. And that's a huge part of it is that you become friends with all these people. And the first studio that I taught at in New York was the same. It was an eight week session. It was one class, one hour every week. And I had the same girls signing up every single time. And it was like a family. And everything that I see now is drop-in and I don't I know it's tough like I'm not telling commit. studio owners yeah I'm not telling studio owners like you have to have sessions because I'm not I'm not writing the checks for the studio so I'm <laughs> gonna keep my master on it but yeah. um I think that it does make it really tough for people to feel that community if you know they're not seeing the same people all the time and and then the rapport that you're building is just with your instructor Mm, and not yeah. necessarily with the other students, and that's just a different dynamic, right? That's just a different, it's just a different exchange, and some instructors aren't, um, they're not down for that, you know, they, they're coming because they like to teach, but they're not trying to make friends with yeah. their students, and that's a tough line for people, too, so.
0: Yeah, I think that, and, and I'm not a studio owner, either, so I'm, to <laughs> take this with a great assault. Right,
1: all I, the studio owners out
0: Yeah, there. <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> and definitely we're talking about this because we want to see more studios and we want to see yeah. success and we want to see it grow. And you know, my experience is talking to a lot of people in the community from all yeah. over. And so um, what I hear time and time again is that people love um, pole because of the community and because yeah. um, of how that, that class makes them feel that something that they can't get from a fitness class so I think something like a flywheel or like a um, you know a CrossFit type of situation like you can do those as drop-ins. The Drop-ins yeah. may be more successful because you're just like, I'm here to get shredded. I don't give a shit about yeah. anyone else. But, like, you don't <laughs> really hear that from pole dancers. Like, my favorite thing is that, like, I got guns. Like, it's a <laughs> byproduct and it's awesome. But people seem to really like the the tribal aspect of it more. So take with that as, as you will.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree.
0: Yeah. It's a tough it's, it's a tough thing to, to do to open a studio. So we commend everyone and we want everyone to be right. successful.
1: <laughs> right. And there's that whole like pole fitness, pole dancing dichotomy where mm-hmm. it's like, again, like if you're just going to get shredded, then... <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're not that invested in the studio
0: exactly was that a thing back when you started was it a pole dance per pole, pole fitness or it just like it's a place Gosh. with a pole we don't even have the right, privilege like, to
1: <laughs> yeah if there's a pole in the room then they're gonna call it stripper dance anyway so who cares yeah. you know like you can label it what you want but everybody just called it pole dancing back it then did. okay yeah
0: interesting yeah. And so, what's your trajectory moving forward? Do you feel like you've kind of come to a point where you're really happy with the balance you've made or any big plans the the
1: blog's still going, even if the it's blog not- is still going um i have been I have been you know like back and forth throwing thoughts around about sort of reviving some of that, Ooh, so that's that's I a see. maybe we'll see yeah um, yeah and and I think um I think. I think I'm in a really good place. Like I, I, I definitely see Unbound continuing. Um, I definitely see um, Amy the learner continuing. Um, I still, I still love teaching my one class a week, and it's a beginner two class, so All I love nice. beginners. Um, yeah, I mean I I feel like I feel like I'm sort of along for the ride a little bit. I'm, awesome. I'm Taking a back seat and seeing what happens in pole.
0: Yeah. Good for you. You seem really happy and balanced at, at the moment. So <laughs> at nice the moment. to know that, that well, yeah, that you've gotten yeah. there. You've put in the work to get there and have figured it out. So you are yeah. a great example to a lot of people, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's jump into the second part of the podcast where i ask the same questions cool and i'm curious because you probably know a lot of dancers but who is your pole crush
1: so like i totally saw this question on your list and i was like oh i have no (laughs) idea what i'm gonna say and then i actually didn't read all the questions because i wanted to react honestly (laughs) um i think um so, so, one of my long time pole crushes um, has been Yvonne Smink. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been following her for a long, long time. She's a phenomenal person. She's a phenomenal instructor. And um, I think that what she does is so interesting because she's she's taking things that we think of as like, you know, like sexy pole. And she's doing like an octopus routine that's not traditionally (laughs) sexy at all. Or she's doing, she's doing a routine where she's exploring like kinetic movement and there happens to be a pole and she's doing crazy pole work. But it's really a different, it's really a different animal completely. So I, I love her mind. I, I mean, her technical ability is bar none, but I think um, somebody like her who marries that technical ability to just this like such a curious such a curious mind and is so thirsty. Yeah. She's so thirsty to just keep bringing it. And I think that, I think she's influencing so many people and she's really inspiring so many people. I think she's great. Nice. Yeah.
0: Good choice.
1: How would you like
0: to see the pole community evolve over the next five years?
1: Oh man. Um, I think, I think, What I would love to see is sort of a contraction. I feel like we've done a lot of expanding, and I feel like that's been tremendous for our growth. But I think, you know, based on sort of what we've been talking about with um, keeping community ties alive and with um, what keeps people involved. I think that there needs to be something beyond Facebook and something beyond Instagram. I think there needs to be a better way for us to communicate and connect with one another. Um, and, and for people to really feel like they're not alone and it's tough nowadays. There's, there's so much static. Like I said, there's so much going on and it's, it's hard to find the the eight poll posts in my entire feed on Facebook, you know? And, uh, and I think that it would be cool for us to figure out a way to connect, I think more directly with one another and more often.
0: Nice. And, and in person is always nice. Yeah, totally. You know, it's for the retreats come in. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything coming up that you want to share with the audience that you haven't mentioned yet?
1: Um, Well, we're going to be announcing the Unbound locations for 2017 for for spring and fall in the next uh, couple of weeks. So in early January, there should be an announcement around that. And then we'll be opening applications for the May Unbound. So if anybody is interested in joining us and being part of it, it's really like every ability level, every location we have. Somebody who comes from uh, England, we have a Canadian, we have people from all over the United States, so we'd love to have more people join us, yeah.
0: That's, yeah, I'm going to put all of your social media and contact information <laughs> in the show notes so people could make sure cool. that they're, like, signed up for your newsletter and, and on your social media so they catch that. Cool, That's thank that. you. I think, you know, probably a lot of people aren't aware that that was even something that I you know. were doing, so, I, yeah, so yeah. you know. yeah. That's very cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So before we sign off, can you leave us with an empowering um, message or a quote or a story? Oh, damn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All that I'm going to say is that um, I started pole like 10 years ago and I, I never worked out in my life and I was bad at everything that I ever did <laughs> athletic wise. Like I was, I was bad at the hundred meter hurdles and I was bad at the 400 meter. Like I was, I was not good at anything. Um, and I, and I found pole and it's just opened up so much in my life. I've done, like I said, one competition, you know, I've never been, um, I've never been hesitant on like just pursuing and, and learning and trying new stuff and, and working at it. So I feel like, I think there's a lot of opportunity for people to, to love pole, um, as long as they focus on on themselves and what they're getting out of it and what they're learning and not putting themselves in relation to anyone else or anything else. Um, I, I just want for people to realize, like, pole is, pole is just whatever you want it to be. And at the end of the day, as long as you're happy, then fuck like everybody else
0: yes <laughs> yeah exactly don't forget yeah. you have a life outside of pool don't
1: <laughs> <collect> it <laughs> yeah yeah awesome. hug your hug your puppies yeah. hug your calves hug your <laughs> hug your significant others and yeah eat a lot of food <laughs> No one's ever ended on that before. That. I think
0: that's like. Eat a lot of
1: food. That's
0: my favorite sign off ever. Eat a lot of food. You've earned it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because it's the holiday season and this is going to be the last podcast of 2016. So yeah. I'm so happy that you were our last guest and we're all going to yeah. go eat, yeah. drink, be married, <laughs> dance. Yeah. Hopefully, appropriately yeah. in the presence of our family members and yeah. come back in 2017. So, thank you yeah. so much, Amy. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Pole Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other Poloholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website youtube itunes stitcher or soundcloud lots of love babes thanks for listening